everybody. This is John Forrester with Out of Character, and today I wanted to take a moment to talk about one of the games I got over the holidays. This is going to be a little bit of a weird episode because I haven't actually played the game yet. I've just been reading over the rules and looking at some of the, the stuff attached to it. This is one of those games that I'm not sure it's going to work in the format of a podcast for us actually playing through it. There's a lot of going back and forth on it. I got Twilight Imperium from Fantasy Play, the third edition. This is a game I've wanted for a really long time. I've been very curious about it because I've heard a lot of things about how it plays. It's been described to me as being very, uh, very in-depth, very, there's tons of lore connected to it. So it's not just a game that you, you know, move bits around on a mat, on a table and smash into each other. For those people who are like, what's Twilight Imperium? Basically, Twilight Imperium is a game of galactic conquest. The great empire of the great alien race that kind of held the galaxy together has fallen out of power after years after decades and centuries and you know eternal war um so now all the other great races are making their various grabs for power uh they can they're going to be doing that through a number of different means but basically the you know everything from diplomatic you know diplomatic moves to uh you know controlling economies to waging wars to advancing their technology so that they have bigger guns and faster ships and can just position themselves better. Um, it's a very intricate game. There's a lot of moving parts because you can play this game many, many times and just because there's so many different ways to, to win, to go through it and play it, your experience is always going to be different. There's a lot of things about this game I really, really like. Again, I haven't actually played it yet, so these are just the uh, you know, the, the little thoughts I have looking at it. And I, I'm excited about it because it's something that I really wanted to try for a long time. I made the arrangements with some of the uh, people from our gaming group who we regularly play with to have them come over, and we're going to try it out with six people because from what I've heard, that's how you get the best experience is, is with more players. It is one of those games that you do want to, from what I understand, play it with more people. It just works better, works out better that way. In Twilight Imperium, you are all, the, the goal is to win, is to get 10 victory points. There are a number of ways you can do that. Uh, there are, you know, secret objectives you can fulfill, like conquering a certain number of planets or having, uh, you know, like, oh, you have the most planets under your control at any given time, or you conquered all the planets in another alien race's sector, or any of that sort of thing. Uh, or it could be diplomatic things. There's a ton of them, and they're all very, they can be very different. They can be anything from conquering to, again, this is not meant to be an in-depth, like, description of, of how to play the game. It's just kind of, like, initial thoughts and why, some of the things I really like about it. One of the cool things, one of the most unique things is when you're setting up the game, there's not really a board, per se. In, in this huge, enormous box that you get, there are tons and tons and tons of little bits and pieces, including, like, more than a hundred of these tiny little plastic ships that are really cool and... If you're into painting little tiny spaceships, it's a great game for that because you can, you know, custom paint all the little ships if you wanted to. One of the things I really like is when you're setting up the play area, you're going to create a galaxy. And you do this by dealing each player tiles. At the center of everything, there's going to be a uh, basically the seat of power in the galaxy. That's Mechatol Rex. That's where the old empire held power. And you kind of build out from there. And you get, like blank empty space which it doesn't benefit you it doesn't help the enemy or your potential allies it's just a void um but there are also like space hazards like uh asteroid belts and supernovas and nebulas that make it more difficult to navigate around or to get through them some of them are impassable and then there are sectors that are have that have like uh like planets like some of them are really junky planets some are you know they have no influence no 
power, no resources. So if you put those other play in the path of other players, they can ignore them. Or, you know, they may kind of start going for chunkier planets. And then there's the really good planets that are going to have a lot of influence in the Galactic Council, where you're voting on issues and what laws you want to bring into play. Which makes me think of Flux, kind of, in a weird way. Because you're, you you vote on, like, laws that you want to put into play that's saying, like, uh, you can't do X, Y, Z for this force as long as this law is in play. And the last sets of tiles were the home systems. They're basically where each of the races originate from. They are, from what I understand, they're, they're kind of, like, not great. They give you just enough influence and stuff to kind of get started, but you, you're going to need to spread quickly. I love that the, you set the, the map up that way because you can really screw with the other players by, like, putting bad things in their path. Like, uh, a lot of the, the, the asteroid belts, you can't, st- the asteroid fields, you can't stop there. But your ship, most of the ships can pass right through those early in the game because they have the technology to go through those asteroid fields. So if you wanted to, you can leave a big wide open door to a neighboring, a neighboring race's home system or to another, or one of their systems that they're probably going to want to go for. Maybe advantageous if you're planning to try and take them over. I really like that. I love the creating the galaxy thing and uh, looking at that. I also want to take a moment just to talk about the races. This game, I have the core game. I don't have any of the expansions. I know some of the expansions, they have other races. I'm just going to talk about the key, the, the, the races that came with the, the core game, I should say. You have the Federation of Saul. These are basically the human. They've colonized. They are, you know, a bit more military. So humans have basically spread throughout the galaxy. They're, they're one of the most commonly seen races. A lot of them have no loyalty to the Federation of Saul or to Saul anymore. Saul is Earth, by the way, or it's supposed to be Earth. You know, they, they colonized. Uh, they have like a lunar colony and they have a colony on Mars. So they're very militaristic. They are the, the, they were the last race to join the Galactic Council. So they're kind of out to prove it. Cool things they can do is they get a lot of, for example, they, they get more ground forces and they can move more guys around because they have the ability to move more units around more quickly. In a lot of games, like whenever you have humans and you get stuck with them, you're kind of like, oh, humans. But I think the Federation of Saul is fun. I like their logo. Uh, you have the Sardak Nor, who are these creepy bug people. They're basically out to, like, take over the galaxy, which every race is pretty much out to take over the galaxy. But these guys are, you know, they're going to infest everything, and they're going to swarm and cover the, you know, just cover the universe in their hives. Their ability is basically that they get plus one on all their combat rolls. So they're really straightforward and easy to play. I think that's a cool race if you're, you know, new to the game. They live on a complete horrible world. It's, like, just covered in these these devastating electrical storms, dust storms, and awful, like, like, they can barely, like, every other race is kind of like, what a dung heap of a world this is. Again, the ability is really straightforward and powerful, but that's basically all they have is they're really good at combat. They, some of the other races can do more stuff that I think makes them a little more fun to mess around with. For example, you have the Yaseral tribes. These are chameleon-like little humanoid goblin-looking dudes. Uh, they have a network of uh, spies and assassins that are renowned throughout the galaxy. They have basically been living on, living on a festering swamp world. They're really good at being sneaky. Basically, they can, they can look at other players' cards during the game and they can skip and move around. They can get additional cards so that they have more cards to play around with so they can take more actions. They're really just a very sneaky, creepy little group. They're, they could be fun to play with. I haven't, again, haven't played the game, so I'm just giving you kind of the first impressions of what they're, what, what all they can do. 
You have the Emirates of Hakan, who are these Leonoid people. They look, basically my understanding is that they're really good at trading. Their worlds are focused on building trade and financial strength. Their special ability is people, they're, they're trade negotiating, they don't require approval during trade negotiations. Can't You can't break trade contracts with them. And they can trade action cards with other players. So trading, really cool as far as like, you know, if you want to be like a race that's really good at trading, the Emirates of Hakan have a lot of advantages to doing that. And I like the design of them. They're one of the, anytime you see the box art, like they're always very prominently displayed on there. Um, you have the Nalu Collective, who are this race of telepathic snake people, reptilian. I don't, I, I think they're snake. Yeah, they're, they're like snake mermaids almost. They are a matriarchal society. They are telepathic. They lived in secrecy for many, many years. They were allied with the Yasarl to basically gather as much information as possible, and now they're making their move. They have some cool stuff. Uh, they always have, they receive a plus one on all combat rules during space battles. They can retreat, so if someone comes in and they can't win, they don't just have to fight a war of, you know, a war of attrition and lose units. They can just get out of dodge, just completely pull out of the system and let those guys have it. We don't need it. We're going to focus our resources where we can actually do some good. And uh, they're always going to go first. Their initiative ability allows them to always go first. So they, they can set the tone for everything that's going on every round. If they want to get off an attack really early on, they can do that. As opposed to, you know, going later in the game. You have the Mentop Coalition. This is one of my favorite. These guys were basically all various races that were put on a, a penal colony at the very at the, the outer edge of space, of known space. There was like one other planet that's further out in space than these guys. And when the wars began, the Twilight Wars began, the Empire basically fell apart. There was no supervision. Uh, there were no resources. There were no guards. So the prisoners, of course, revolted and killed off all the people who had been guarding them. And they basically founded their own society. They have, they're run by a group of captains. They're very space-based. And the, uh, they're, they're kind of, they're just, they're, they're, they're space pilots, basically, that are, like, loosely organized. And they're a young society. They have a lot to prove. They get more, they get additional commands so they can move more of their ships around. Uh, they can fire before a fight starts. So you can fly in with your cruisers and your destroyers. And you can open fire on the on your enemy before they get to attack you, and they don't get to attack you back for that attack. So basically, you fly in, shoot the joint up, and then traditional space combat ensues. So that's a big advantage uh, to the, you know your space abilities, to your space battles, and you can take trade goods from up to two different players. So you can steal people's stuff. Again, pirates. I really like the Mentok Coalition. I like the idea of these you know these guys stayed on this very idyllic planet, but they were treated very, very badly there by the uh, the corrupt governors who had been left to oversee them, and they kind of founded a really cool society. Uh, you have the Lizix Mine Net. These guys, L1Z1X. L1Z1X. That's how you're supposed to say their name. These are these, like, uh, think of them like the, they're almost like the Borg. They're like these cybernetically enhanced organisms that technology and biology have kind of become one with them. They claim to be remnants of the Vlazix, uh, uh, the race that used to hold power. They are, they're just creepy. They're weird. They can build, uh, they can build dreadnoughts for less of a cost. They get bonuses to space battles and they get with their dreadnoughts and they get bonuses when they're, with the ground forces when they're attacking planets. These guys basically are supposed to be the remnants of a group 
that they saw the Empire crumbling and they destroyed all records, fled to the outer reaches of space to an inhospitable world, and now they've returned to try to claim power. Interesting, but uh, they creep me out a little bit. Uh, you have the universities of Jolnar, who are these aquatic, this aquatic species. They, they're like in big fish bowls. They kind of look like they, they basically look like fish people. They created most of the technology that used to run the old empire. Like their technology was just indispensable. Like every culture relied on it. And when everything came crashing down, they didn't fare well. They're interesting. They have a lot more technology than most of the other species. They take a minus one to all their combat rolls. So they're gonna you. With them, it seems like you're supposed to focus on just building up your technology because you're not really going to be winning aggressively with combat. Combat is not the way to go with those guys. Uh, you have the Barony of Letnev, who are these guys. They come from a world that doesn't have a sun. It's you know they live in like cold, dark space on this planet that's ice, frozen, icy wasteland. They're very militaristic. They are very kind of, they're kind of like, they're, they're the smooth operators. They'll use diplomacy, but only so far as they need to in order to get close enough to get at you with their ships. Uh, they're probably the race I trust the least in this game, just because they can, you know, they can swap trade goods to make their units more powerful in combat. So they're like, oh, we're just trading. That's like, yeah, you're trading so you can kill me later on. And you have the... Ixcha Kingdom, who are giant space turtles. They're very diplomatic. They are they are a race that did not lend itself well to war. The Barony of Letnev conquered one of their planets, and basically they were forced to endure occupation on the other. Uh, and that was what spurred them to learning the ways of war. They have a couple of cool abilities. When they're defending, you they get a minus. The enemy gets a minus one on all combat rolls, so they're very strong defensively, and they have a lot of uh, uh, cool stuff they can do as far as like drawing different diplomatic cards and using diplomatic abilities. I just like the design of them too. I think they're, there are other races uh, in the expansions for the game, and uh, there's a lot of different components you can use to bring into it. Again, I'm excited about having Twilight Imperium. I, I want to try it out. I don't think we're going to record it for the podcast unless people are really clamoring to hear us sit around and you know, talk about it. Uh, we don't have the video capacity to really do that kind of thing right now. Uh, I have the webcam, but I just don't think we get good shots of it. If people really, really want me to record it, I'll, I'll do it, but that, that would be the only reason I'd record it right now. I do want to sit down with everyone and record their thoughts on the game after we actually give it a try. I just wanted to kind of give you guys uh, my, my thoughts on what what the game looks like, what's going on with it at this point. The thing, like, looking at this... I've heard like it takes a super long time to play this game, and I can believe it. The rulebook for this game is 44 pages. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of optional rules, like, you know, do you want to play with diplomats in your game? Or do you want to play with, you know, there's like different options and different ways to, to play. Do you want to have sabotage? Do you want to have leaders in your game? Do you want to... Play for the long war, which it's like, hey, let's take a game that's already going to take reputedly like all day to play and make it even longer. Having said all that, I do like what I've seen of it. I've been reading through the rules. I've read all the lore and all the races, and they're really interesting. I had a lot of fun just checking out like what they all do and how they all fit together. If people want to hear us play Twilight Imperium, please you know go on Twitter. Go on the, you know, our, our Facebook page for Out of Character. You can go, you can email us. We do have an email. We have the blog. And just, you know, 
give voice the opinion that you'd like to hear people play Twilight Imperium. Again, I, I don't know if it's something that would play well as a podcast other than just hearing us be in character. As far as, you know, the different races, that could be fun. For eight hours, that might get a bit, you know, old. But we'll see what comes of it. For right now, those are just my initial thoughts about Twilight Imperium. I think it's a fun game. It's unique in just the scope of what it tries to do. There's there's no small number, there's no shortage of games that try to give you the idea of galactic conquest or just taking over territory. I mean, if you want games that do something similar that play in like a fraction of the time, uh, Cosmic Encounter is a good one. Small World is a lot of fun. If you're looking for something with a little more scope to it, with a little more in-depth, uh, you can play... Uh, Terra Mystica is a game from Z-Man Games that does a similar idea. Uh, there's also, you know, stuff like The King is Dead. There, there's so many games that are like, you know, get the territory and hold it and control it and make it your own. But I, I just, I really like the idea of Twilight Imperium because I love the races that are involved in it. I love how they're all so unique, not just in terms of their design, but there's so much lore to them. You know, it's not like you are wizards. You go around and do wizard things. Uh, you also have more gold. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a fun game. Small World, it's a fun game. But it's interesting to see someone who's really taken time and gotten into these races. And there's a lot of talk about Twilight Imperium online. So it's interesting to see, to have it and look at it and see like all the components. I will say, the game is pretty, it, it, in price, it is up there. So if you're looking for like a, a, a low price game, this is not it. It took me about the better part of a day to go through and break out all the little get the little ships out and put them, put everything together and get all the components busted out. Still reading through all the rules to make sure I understand how everything fits and works together. Uh, and I go, it takes a really long time to play and it is very strategy heavy. Uh, it is very involved. It's not something that I think like, if you are somebody who likes really simple games that you can jump into, set up in 10 minutes and be done in two hours at most, this is not for you. If you like something that, like, once I'll go over to so-and-so's house this weekend and we're going to play Twilight Imperium all weekend long, this is probably something that you can get involved in. Um, one thing that I don't like is uh, when you're setting up, apparently, like, you randomly draw a tile that has a home system, and that's how you get your race. I'm never a fan of randomly giving people a race. I understand that, like, when you're playing with expert players who have played this game for years and understand, like, all the advantages and disadvantages, giving someone access to a powerful race can be a really big advantage for them. Initially, if I'm going to be playing a race for eight hours or more, I don't want to be stuck with a race that I hate. So I would think, like, um, we were talking about, like, I'm like, okay, either just let people pick the race that they want to play the most, or give them an option of three races and have them randomly pick from those, so maybe you don't get the race that you want the most, but you get, you know, you're not going to be stuck with something you actively don't want to play. Or instituting a mulligan rule, everybody draws the tiles randomly, and if you don't like what you drew, you can pick out what no one else chose. So basically, like, in a six-player game, we have, you know, like, the Nalu Collective, the Emirates of Akan, the Asaral Tribes, the Sardic Nor, the Federation of Saul, and the Barony of Lutnev. And let's say that the player who's playing Sardic Nor doesn't want to play them. They're, they're looking around, and they're like, I don't want to be that race... Uh, that leaves a few other races on the table. So no one else wants to trade races. Uh, they say, like, okay, I'm going to trade the Sardok Noor for the Mentok Coalition. You can, you know, that's an option that I don't see any problem with letting people do that. No one objects. Again, it, that's mostly just because it's such a long, involved game. 
And these, these races do feel like they're not just... They have stories and lore and culture. And if you hate that, you, you're probably going to hate that particular iteration of the game. And it just it's too long and too involved of a game to play something if you're not going to have fun with it. So that would be my suggestion um, if you're going to try the game is maybe don't force people to play the race. Yes, again, if someone is playing, if you're playing for the 16th time and you play the races and you understand the ins and outs and you have all the expansions, then maybe be like, okay, we're going to do this the traditional way and everyone's going to draw randomly. But that that would be the only reason I could see to really do that. So uh, those are my initial thoughts on Twilight Imperium. We'll do I'll do another podcast on it, either just my thoughts on the game after we've played it and kind of give you guys like the highlights of the game or I'll record the game and play that if enough people say like we really want to hear you guys play Twilight Imperium. I wish we had like a webcam or something decent that I could record the game with and like do a, a speed shot or you know um, just like little bits of the video but I, I don't have video editing software right now to really do something like that and the webcam we have just is not up to the challenge. It's built into my computer and it just can't get the angles that we need. And I don't want to be like moving the what moving the, the computer around while we're in the middle of the game to try and get decent angles. It just it, it wouldn't work. I've tried it with other games and it just never worked out. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. This is not a full episode. This is just a little quick thing that I recorded to uh, you know give you some thoughts on a cool game that I have. If you are thinking about getting Twilight Imperium and you're kind of on the fence because of the you know it's one of those like I don't know what's in the box. Give it a try. It's really cool. Um, in terms of like high cost board games, I will say this: Fantasy Flight puts out some of the, the the really expensive games. I have never bought a Fantasy Flight game and been disappointed in the terms of like the components of what was in the actual game itself. The ships are well made. Uh, they're you know they're pretty detailed. the The artwork's cool. The lore is fantastic. If they wanted to put out like a Twilight Imperium, like like a series of books or something like that, I'd read them. I think the lore is one of my favorite things, because these races do feel uh, like they are... I think the races are one of my favorite things about this game at this point, just in terms of... Thanks for listening, guys. It's appreciated, as always. Uh, We will be getting back to doing some more um, actual play stuff next week. I hope you guys all enjoyed this week, and we will see you soon.